0: Well, 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 look who we have here. Um yeah, crazy day guys. Uh just looking at the chat here because some uh brilliant. happy inauguration day, fellow US friends. Be safe. Yes indeed. Be safe. Uh Mike. Oh speaking of Mike, I, I did I don't think I responded to your um, message in your other email, but uh the way this works with uh the expertise.tv site is that I have to set it up. Each thing is a webinar. And one of the things I've been talking to with Tim about in the, uh, uh, our kind of to-do list for 2017 is we're kind of, trying to figure out a way we can embed uh, like the old system with the YouTube uh, through Google Hangouts into final search. And um, the developer Brian thinks that there's a way. But right now this is kind of our only option. But I this isn't too bad. I mean it's the, I think it's better than what we've had in the past. But if, if we can get something where it's uh where it's been it's more in final surge and we don't necessarily have to do anything, then that's uh then that's a better situation. But that's where we're at with that. Um John, Paige, Katrina, Linda, Sean, Keith, Eric, Jen, Kathleen on the Potomac. Woo. All right um so as i mentioned i just want to talk about um, essentially what i'm going to be posting um, i'm going to use this video and post uh, a blog and so i want to basically just go through that with you and let you ask your questions um, but it, i think it made sense because uh just the way we're at with with the bot especially with the boston folks because i see what you're posting on the on the message boards and things like that and i just feel like you know there's been a lot of questions of why are we only doing one workout a week right now and then now now we've shifted into two but uh there's there's reasoning why and i've tried to harp on it a little bit but apparently um i've done a poor job of um explaining it so i want to go into a little more in depth with that but i think it can it contain it, it pertains to everybody in the run club um, and everybody who's using you know more schedules beyond what the book has so if you're a lot of schedule, a final surge, or whatever—kind um, of some reasoning why things are spaced out a little bit. So I, I'll just jump into that. I'll answer, now I'll get into your guys' questions, and then um, I will—I'll uh, actually probably go through some of the stuff on the message boards in the running club as well. So, um, so essentially, so when you look at the schedules in either the Hansen Marathon Method or the Half Marathon Half Marathon Method books, schedules are 18 weeks long, right? So looking at the other set, other schedules, I've, I've got anything from, uh, I'm sorry, so looking at other schedules, you know, beginner, advanced, just in general, general training plans, you know, whether Tal Higdon or Galloway or whatever, um, you know, I've seen anything from 18 to 32 weeks. So there's a huge, there's a huge variance in there. Um, and some of those, like the Jeff Galloway is literally taking you from step one to running a marathon, you know, and where I think my biggest disagreement with, with Galloway is I think he actually has you run, a long run that's further than a marathon, you know, several weeks before you actually do the marathon. So to me, it kind of defeats a purpose. Um, if you really just want to be able to cover the distance, which most people using that program are in that boat. So that's, that's where I kind of shake my head a little bit at the Galloway, but I mean, it's just because I don't know like why you would do that and then just turn around and run the race. Like you could just save yourself a lot of time and do it once, but um, anyway. Uh, and then personally, the personal schedules that we have or anything from twelve to twenty weeks for a longer race distance, distances, so like the half marathon and marathon distances. Whereas, you know, I think we have some five k and ten k schedules that are even eight weeks long. Um, and I recently just wrote a half ske- half marathon schedule that's eight eight weeks long. But um, I'll be honest, and I was honest with that person too. Is I, I don't I don't see it going um, exactly how they want it to go, um, just because of all the factors in their life and all that good stuff. But but there's, but the bottom line is there's a huge spectrum of weeks that you can get a plan for. Um, and then obviously we've talked about the nine day plan, the, you know, the nine day cycle. We've talked about the alternator where we do basically a workout during the week. And then on the weekend, you alternate between doing a long run and a workout. And, and it just goes into why, uh, you know, why, why are we spacing this out more? You know, why, why isn't everything just follow the book? And I think – and that's the other thing, too, is I'm noticing, too, is a lot of people are like, well, the book says – well, yeah, 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 But the book is based on those particular schedules. The philosophy is the same throughout all of our schedules. But it doesn't – just because, like, one person said, well, one workout's four, four miles and all the other speed work is three. It's like, but you're doing a 12-week plan that's at 90 miles a week. So, in reality, that's probably actually a little less than what ideal would be you could handle, handle up as, you know, five or six miles worth of speed work. So you can't get too caught on the book and say, well, this schedule is so much different. Well, no, 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 The philosophy is the same, but it's made more specific. Let's say, you know, we're the, we're the half marathon and the marathon books. You got to remember we're trying to fit one schedule for a big spectrum of people, you know, and where with these other schedules. Now we're narrowing it down into more specific groups of people who are going to do this schedule. And that's why you're seeing the differences. So you can't get caught, you can't start comparing what the book says to this, and you know. So so you, sometimes I think you way overthink things, and I don't know if it's just because you're. You, I mean, obviously you're training for a marathon; it's a big deal, and you feel like everything's got to go perfect. But sometimes you just get caught up way too much in some of this stuff, and so um, so that's why we should talk about this now. Um, so how the big thing is I want to talk about is how long does it take? to adapt to training. And, and um, the biggest thing is you have to understand that there's big learning curves in this. So, you know, what a beginner needs to run a marathon and how fast they're gonna adapt is gonna be different to somebody who's run, you know, 10 marathons and has done several plans. Their their level of readiness takes a lot less time than somebody who hasn't. So, um, so first off, let's approach these questions from regard, regarding the schedules in the book you know, the primary difference between the beginner and the advanced schedule is that the beginner schedule in the book is the the first few weeks. So if you follow, if you look at the beginner to the advanced, the biggest difference is that first month or so where it's in the beginner, it's simply mileage. We're taking you from a little bit of mileage and building you up to, I don't know, 25, 30 miles a week um, before you start doing workouts. And then after that, start doing workouts and after that essentially the marathon the beginner and advanced are are pretty much the same maybe just a few minor minor differences so um, with the advanced schedule you jump right into the sos days the workout days right after the after the first week and then we also know that it it takes four to six weeks to fully adapt to a training stress so you can look at um if you've read any of the daniel's books um you know i i just did a quick google search um, Pete Fitzinger, you know, he says the same thing. And he says he learned that from Daniels. So we're pretty confident it takes four to six weeks to fully adapt to a training stress. So what do I mean by, by what I mean by training stress is that I'm referring to the acronym FIT: F-I-T-T. Frequency is a frequency. How often are we exercise? Intensity, the intensity of the exercise. Time, the amount of time we are exercising per session and the type of exercise that we are engaging. So in general, we know three things about training adaptation. The first is that it is individual. Um, So we either have to work directly with each individual athlete or make some generalizations. So in this case, with pre-made plans, we're we're making some generalizations. And we know that um, that the first generalization is that it takes roughly 10 days to experience full benefit from a single workout. So where it takes four to six weeks to adapt to that workout being, or that stress being placed on the body repeatedly and consistently to see the full benefit of a workout takes about 10 days. So that might look familiar to you, about 10 days out is your last major workout from the marathon. And that's really the reasoning why. Um, so 10 days for a, to feel the benefit of a, of a single workout, four to six weeks to feel To really gain gain the max you can from that level of stress being emphasized on your training, Um, so for beginners, the plan we're making several assumptions. Let's see, make sure I didn't miss anything there. Okay, all right. So, uh, beginners, we are making several assumptions at the start. That one, you're running you're running low mileage. Two, you're running less than six days a week and three, that you aren't running very long per session. So maybe you're running 30 minutes a day and not 60 minutes a day. So it's, it's fairly low compared to what we're trying to train for. And then four is that you aren't doing any workouts. You're just simply going out the door and running. And if we look back at the, fit, the FITT, we see that our assumptions involve three of the four variables in, in increasing fitness. So gaining fitness or training ad- adaptation is a balance between stress and recovery. So let's say you are attempting to start a beginning plan and just running a few easy days a week so you start the program and it calls for five days a week with a long run maybe a workout or two in the first week so if we do that we have now altered three current variables so we've we have for most people this is a recipe for injury and training right so if we just throw you that's the old too much too fast idea right so making it through a training program of this nature it really ty- typically ends in being more about survival than gaining fitness um, so now if you look at our schedule the same person we're still adding a new stress, but we limit the frequency and time. So the intensity is left the same because we're, we're gonna keep the, the, the intensity easy. Um, so by taking away that one variable, we can now provide the beginner uh, enough to establish a base fitness. And in all actually actuality, you're gonna improve your base fitness just by engaging in that. So we're we're trying to control some of these variables, right? That's the bottom line. We're trying to control variables and not expose you to too much too soon in that beginner program. Now, what does this have to do with how fast we adapt to training? Okay, so for the beginner, fitness will actually come pretty fast in terms of physio- physiological fitness. VO2 max, endurance, et cetera, will all increase pretty rapidly. Where we typically have problems is structural, so something like bones or tendons. Think of it this way, when you've started running or someone you know started running, what was the first thing they really complained about hurting? You know working in a shoe store the first thing i ever always heard was shin splints or knee pain or something like that it wasn't that their lung capacity stopped them from exercising or their breathing stopped them from exercising it was uh it was their shins hurt or their knees hurt or their hips hurt it was something structural that limited their ability to exercise so another way to look at it why not why not focus first on the two variables that beginners will get the most bang from their buck and that's going to be just incre- increasing the duration and increasing the frequency, don't do anything with intensity and type is not going to be changed anyway. Focus on the foundation first and the rest becomes easier. So by focusing on these variables, for the frequency and time, we set the stage for the body to gain fitness without breaking down and getting in the stage, setting the stage for other adaptations to take place, right? So, you know, you think of it this way, the marathon is 99% aerobic, so why not establish that aerobic fitness first and allow those other adaptations time to get in. So so when you look at the beginner plan, you essentially have four weeks of building base followed by six weeks of speed, six weeks of strength wrapped up by roughly a two-week taper. So there you go. So you're, you're spending four weeks building base, which is in that four to six weeks of maximizing your fitness at a certain stress level, six weeks of that speed, which is maximizing the stress, that stress level, and then six weeks of strength, which is maximizing that's that stress level. So that that's why it's broken up that way. And then two weeks, roughly a two week taper. Now, does this mean you will maximize your fitness in 18 weeks? No, absolutely not. You're you're going to maximize it for this segment, right? But you can turn around and come back and you're already you're already going to be at a higher level of fitness. And that's where the rest of this presentation is going to go is where what happens at that point. And so also looking at from a practical standpoint, putting your emphasis on one goal race four and a half months away is an awful long time so in short 18 weeks is a good compromise of science and practicability for a marathon training seminar it gives us enough time to um, train and adapt and be completely prepared to run the race but it also uh, doesn't force you to spend six months of the year for one race and now now you're opening things up to where you can race other things and so that's that's where the 18 weeks comes really comes from in that all right, so the last thing I should note on the fit principle if you exercise three days a week you will certainly gain fitness across a period of time. Now if you gain now if you can safely exercise five times a week, you can certainly make those gains in a shorter amount of time. so that that also affects the length of what a schedule would be. So if you're exercising three days a week, now we need more time to, to get to the same fitness level because we're we're, we're exposing ourselves less frequently to a training stress, so we need more time to adapt to that. So that person is going to need at least six weeks to adapt to a certain training because they're not optimally uh, exposing themselves to that training stress, and that's why you'll see some variations plans because we, at some point we we're assuming that gains in fitness will take longer to come by if exposing exposure to the training system is is less, and that's really that's really more for like beginners um, and low mileage runners where. Um, it is going to take. If you're running three or four days a week, it's going to certainly take you longer than five or six days a week. And then, uh, and then we have to set her. Right. So, Sean. Yeah. Right. That's absolutely right. Like, it feels like crap the first few weeks, and then you finally get into a rhythm. And then I go ahead and then I change it up on you, right? So, <laughs> so, but that, yeah, that's that four to six weeks is really that that window for 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 adaptation. So, no, that, that's a great. Uh, um, But also, so, you know, but then you take it into somebody who's already high fitness level, they don't need to cram in a bunch of workouts to reach that peak peak fitness level. And that's what we're going to get into a little bit later as well. So now moving on to the advanced, for the advanced, the marathon plan also has some assumptions to be made. And the first is that you have experience in the marathon. And secondly, that you have been running consistently leading up to the beginning of the plan. And third, that your mileage is going to be higher than someone who is starting a beginner plan. And so with that, the immediate difference of the second week of the program, since we aren't going into, we aren't going to adjust frequency time or duration very much, so you're already at a fairly high level. We're not gonna, we don't need to touch that as much as we would with a beginner. We don't need to build you up as much because you're you're already there or have been there. We, it's not a big jump and it's not a, a jump to a new level. So, uh, So now one could argue that we should shorten the training segment down and that's certainly an argument that I would listen to but the, since this is a general program we can we can go into another generalization of training adaptation and that is that, that the idea over time a runner needs more stress to elicit a response so so what so think about it this way um, when you first began to run a 3 mile run just running 3 miles might have been your primary goal maybe maybe running a 5k without stopping that was your only goal with running at the time now Let's say you're in the advanced plan. A three running, a three mile run, is nothing. And if you were to run it at the same pace you ran when you first ran, you would be like, "Oh my goodness, I'm gonna be here all day." Um, so, so the bottom line of that is, you need a more, you need a higher amount of stress than what you needed in the past in order to gain fitness now, right? So, so that is why now we've added more speed. So for most of you, this is a cakewalk, meaning that you need more, more stress to elicit more adaptation and training and that's where we get into. So okay, with this you have two options, either make the speed work faster or simply do more of it. And with this, you might be naturally faster since your, since your last marathon segment. Um, ideally you PR'd and you moved up and maybe you ran some races between your last marathon and the beginning of this marathon. So you've lowered, maybe you lower your 10K time or your 5K times, whatever the case is. Um, so, we don't need so the idea is we don't necessarily need to mess with that. And since I'm already making a generalization and I'm not necessarily working with you individually, I'm going to take the safe side and simply add more weeks of that because um, that's adding more weeks to that can also be the increased level of stress to increase training adaptation. And along with that, since we're going if since going too fast too early in a training segment can be detrimental to the rest of the segment. Basically, we're, we dig ourselves too much of a hole that we can't get out of as far as fatigue goes. It makes more sense not to adjust the pace even more, but to control the number of weeks. And once past the speed portion of the training, the segment looks much the same as the beginner. And the reason is that it is already, it is the, this is already the higher mileage in a really grinding several weeks. So there is no need to make it more difficult. So there I'm saying more of a balance between You're already grinding it out. You're already doing eight, nine, 10 mile tempos. You're already doing strength. And so on the other thing you could say about that is say you ran 345 in the marathon. And so now you're going to jump it up to, so my next goal is, I don't know, 335. So you're going to make a 10 minute jump. So we're already going above and beyond what we can currently do. Right? So early on that tempo run is going to be hard. And those eight, nine, t- 10 mile tempos are going to be hard too because it's a, it's a, it's tr- already training at a pace that's, a, that's at a higher level than what you've currently been at, right? So I don't need to continually adjust those things because they're naturally going to be higher simply because of our goal in the race. You know what I mean? So th- so if our time goal is faster, that means our paces are going to be faster anyway. So we don't necessarily need to mess with that. That's, that increase in the goal time is essentially the, the new stress that we're listening to our body to to adapt to. Okay, so hopefully that made sense. Um, so a note about tempo runs on both schedules. As you probably noticed, I didn't really discuss until just now, and the reason is really twofold. The first is that we gradually, we're gradually we gradually ratcheting up throughout the schedule. So we're regularly adjusting the duration while keeping the free t- frequency and intensity the same. So your 10-mile tempo run is the same pace as your 4-mile tempo run. The the effort might feel different, but the intensity should be the same throughout the schedule. And it's going to be faster, but ideally too, going back to what I, my previous point is, even though it's faster, ideally you're gaining fitness throughout that whole time of the schedule. So that 10 mile tempo run doesn't necessarily feel any more difficult than the four mile did because it was at four mile level, it might've been a pace that was a little fast, but it's 10 mile level. By the time you get to that point, you've adapted and you're, and you're accustomed and your, your body is ready to handle that marathon pace. So ideally it all levels out. Um, so I don't want to get to the point where you feel comfortable at a pace and then you decide, okay, so here's my big thing. So let's say your goal is four hours and you, you run your tempo runs at goal pace. Now, I don't want you to get to the point where you feel comfortable at a pace and then decide, well, four hours is easily, I can do easy, I can easily do four hours. So let's go up to 345, let's say. And by the time you get to the nine, 10 mile tempo runs, you change your goal pace to 330 for some people. And for some people that's That's I've seen that happen. I get those emails all the time. So now this might or not, might not be doable. So ask yourself this, if my original goal is four hours, do I want to risk overestimating my ability from the temple runs only to crash and burn at 20 miles and walk it in and run 4:15? you know, are you going to be happy with that? Like, you know, you could have run four hours, but you decided to go after a really big goal. And then it costs you your original four-hour goal. That's what you have to ask yourself. And that's I mean, so. So some of it's physiological that I do, we do it, but it's, some of it's also like, okay, let's let's just get used to this goal pace and feel as confident as we can at hitting our original goal pace. I would rather have you develop laser focus on that original goal pace, develop that confidence in your ability to nail that goal pace, and then set. I want I want to set you up for success. So that's why um, you know. So there's there's what we can talk about on, on the tempo runs. All right. Um, Okay. Okay. So now I want to talk about. So this takes. So let's say you've gone through one of our program, one of the basic programs, the beginner or the advanced program, which many of you, many of you had. So this really brings us into. And I'm not a I'm not a uh, affiliate for Speedway Coffee, by the way. So I'm not promoting anything here. Um, it's just what's across the street. Um, so, but ideally, you, so you've gone through one of our programs, and now some of you are into our programs where it's not that 18-week program. It's you know, it's our Boston program, or it's our you know, one of our 16 weeks or 12 week, whatever the case is. You're doing something different, and so now you go like, why is why are things a little a little separated here? So. Uh, so so to tie this into the idea that having shorter schedules, more speed, speed out, spaced out workouts, but still being in top fitness, I have to bring in the two last generalizations of training adaptation. So the first is that consistent training makes it easier, you know, quote unquote, easier to reach peak fitness. And the second is the rule of ease of maintenance. And this is essentially the idea that, um, let's say you had the idea of breaking 20 minutes in the 5K, you trained all summer. By the end of the summer, you poured your heart and your soul into it and you ran 1950. So you broke your goal, but you just think about it, was a monumental effort to do it. I put in so much work to do it. I trained all summer. I, it was everything I had to run that 1950. So then you run that 1950 at the end of the summer, you take a little break, you just start running again. You do your maintenance mile, your maintenance mileage. You got, you know, so if you're running 40 miles a week, you're running, you know, 30 miles a week, you do a workout here and there, some long runs here and there. You go to say, you know what, I'm gonna run the turkey trot. Go to the turkey trot, boom, 1945. So there you are, finish line, drumstick in your mouth, gnawing on a turkey leg, you're wondering what the heck just happened, right? So how did I pull that off? That's that's the ease of maintenance, right? So once you've reached that level, it's not gonna take nearly as much work to get back to that level. And it might not take as much work to get to a slightly higher level. So that's the ease of maintenance. Um, the second part of that is once you establish that new level and you just keep training at a decent level and you make you make the time and make to do the work to reach that new fitness level less. like I just said, like everything kind of starts narrowing down. And so that's why I'm big on the consistent training at moderate at moderate levels. And then once you can do that, you're never really more than a couple months away from really being in peak peak, peak fitness for. Anything really? I mean, your I mean, anything from 5K to a marathon. If you keep that base level fitness high, you're never too far away from any race you want to do. Okay, so put this way, you know, say you slacked off before your first training segment. and You were at about 50% of your peak fitness. That's probably an overestimation, but uh, let's just use it. You needed every. You needed. You probably needed every day of that 18 weeks to reach that peak peak fitness level, that 100% level. Afterwards, you took your recovery. You started getting serious about running so you kept your mileage higher you did your maintenance workouts weekly and then you decide to run another marathon you know maybe this is maybe this is even like three months down the road and you just kind of stayed steady keel, treaded water kept your fitness level you know there and this time you're starting out at this this marathon segment is 70% of your peak fitness. so even and this is even though you've reached you know that first segment your your peak fitness level was here. Now you're starting a new level, and it's here, and you're at 70% of that new level, or before you were 50% of that even lower level. So essentially, you're just you're at a higher fitness level, your, your, your ability to perform is just at a higher level, because you've done training and you have kept your fitness at somewhat of a high, a high level. So what that means is we don't have to force a long segment, because we're already closer to our peak fitness. You know, we don't at this time eighteen. You didn't need you don't need that full eighteen weeks to get completely ready. And all honestly, it it might be detrimental. But that's when people start getting into overtraining because they try to they try to do as much or more work to to get to that fitness level. When in reality, what you should be focusing on is you know you can space things out. You know, recovery can be right. You know, all these all these things go on. So um, so that's why I want, when you see the schedules that, that I have on Final Surge or Boston schedule whatever there's going to be a wide variance in a weekly mileage spacing of workouts, number of weeks, you know, the more experience become, the more you learn about your own needs and abilities. And so that's why those options are out there because like some people do it. Like if you're a slow responder to training and you know, man, I need every workout I can get, then I need a three workout a week program. And that's meaning two workouts during the week and then a the long run. Or if you're somebody who knows, man, it takes me forever to recover from workouts. There's no way I can do it. You know, you're going to need a workout. You're going to need a schedule that is uh, spaced out more, you know, or if you're like, man, I'm already, I've trained at a high level all the time. I don't need 18 weeks. I know I can be ready in 12 weeks. Like I'm, when I sent that message yesterday, the other day, I, I am not lying. Like I'm running Boston and I haven't done a single workout yet. Like give me 10 weeks. I'll be fine. Like right now I'm running, I'm just running. I'm going to be between 90 and hundred miles this week. I'm going to get up to 120 in the next couple of weeks, and then I'm then I'll start workouts. And I'll I'll be at the, I'll be better off that way than if I did 18 weeks and just try to cram a bunch of workouts in. Like that's to me, that's just gonna get me injured. Um I just I just know my body. I know there's you know there's some 85,000 miles on these legs. Like they don't need to do all the same stuff I did back then. Like, do I need to work hard? Absolutely, but recovering is also a big, big part of it too. So, you know, so that's that's why. That's why we can space things out. We can do a twelve-week schedule. Space it out for my Boston crew. That's why, like, men, most of you ran a fall marathon. You did a, a lot of you did a base program. I saw you either bought it from us or you, you know I know you were doing something. So I know you were I know you were running. So for me, it didn't make sense. And this is where I ran into problems last time is I threw people into doing just doing two workouts a week right away. And I had that mentality too, like, okay, we got to get these guys peak fitness, and you're already high strung because it's Boston. And you're already talking about, oh gosh, I need to do this and I need to do that. Well, no, you know, what you need to do is take a deep breath, realize it's January, realize things don't have to be ready right now. Like, honestly, if you feel so good right now in training, I'm a little worried. You know, like, I want you to kind of feel like, man, I'm still hoping that I'm going to be building up right here. That's kind of where I want you to be. Like, the beginning, the onset of fatigue, it should be going on right now, in these, in these next week or two, especially because you've started doing more workouts now, but that first month is really just about establishing the routine again. Like if we started throwing in a bunch of workouts right away, you're going to be fit. You're going to be at your peak fitness in the first part of March. That means then we have to, we have to do hard workouts, not taper and try to try not to get hurt for the next six weeks and try not to get stale. Whereas by delaying what we've done in that first four weeks, now we're going to be building fitness at the right time, right? We're going to the high workload level is going to be from the first part of, or the mid mid to late February into the end of March. And then you get into that last two weeks and then we start tapering. So that I want that six weeks from late February to the beginning of April. I want that to be like, man, now I'm really working hard. Cause that means we're going to time it right. And then we're going to take our taper at the right time. And you're and you're going to have that super compensation effect and your fitness is just going to go through the roof. So that's why we do it. So that's why, I, I, like when people are pushing on stuff and they're, they're they're trying to do all these extra things, like if you wanna do extra things, focus on things like flexibility, make sure your recovery's right, make sure your nutrition's right, make sure you're doing your core work, doing uh, your dynamic warm-ups. Those are the little things that you should, like if you really, really wanna take your fitness to a new level, it's not these extra workouts that you're trying to cram in, it's gonna be these little details that become routine that you can take through with you when you're doing the really high level of training. And so, you know, you're, you do not need to like, you're going to be adapting because your fitness is at such a high level and that little stuff is what's going to make you more resilient when the training is really hard later on. Um, so right now, just doing more work is just going to make you more tired for when you do the high level of training. And that's not what we want. We want you to hit that high level of training, and then really get into that cumulative fatigue in that six weeks and then taper out of that, that last two weeks. So hopefully that makes sense to you. Uh, so next time, so I really wanted to talk about, so I wanna talk about that today and then I'll take your questions here. Uh, sorry, I'm talking on my hands a lot. Okay, so I have a screen up in front of me, so I'm not really seeing it. Uh, next time I wanna talk about a couple things um, cause this already had a half an hour with this. And then what I would talk about, what happens when you try to rush a process, which we kind of just talked about, like when you try to rush it and try to cram all these workouts in, it usually means you're gonna to get too fit too fast and then, and then you're gonna be stale. So if anything, space things out early on and really aim for that last six weeks to be, six to eight weeks to, well, two weeks for taper and then six to eight weeks out for your really heavy training. So if you're the person that trains at a very high level all the time, that's why you can get away with a 10 to 12 week schedule i feel like most people at, like say like a 60 70 mile a week 14 weeks for a segment is pretty good because we'll space things out a little bit and then just start and then ramp it up and make that six last six weeks pretty pretty intense for you so um so i guess we, we have we actually already talked about that and what happens when we treat every single workout like it's the most important now we can talk about that right now so what what happens when you treat every single workout like it's more and this is honestly a big downfall i had early in my career because i felt like if i nailed every workout every workout it was going to be the race best race segment race segment of my life and it turned out to be a great training segment but i rarely raced well when i put a huge amount of emphasis on every workout because one when you when you treat it like it's the most important you put an overemphasis emphasis on every workout so like if we know we can go out in our sleep and do a 12 by 400 don't make it harder than it needs to be go in there and get the work that you need to get done move on because we know like Say you have a 20 miler coming up that's got three hard at the end. That's something you need to get keyed up for because that's more of a race situation or a long tempo run. That's more of a race situation. That's something that you can get keyed up because you're really practicing what you're gonna do for race. You wanna practice your fueling, practice your hydration, those those things you can get keyed up for. But workouts you know you can hit, there's no reason to get amped up for more than you need to because it's just put you at a higher stress level. And a lot of times you end up cheating down the workout and getting overzealous in the workout. And then you just really, cause it's all about that balance of stress and recovery. And if you put undue stress on a workout that is really just meant to get you through, then um, it makes recovering from that a lot harder. And that's what I want to avoid. Like not every, you know, like for us, it, you know, hard workouts that I get amped for, you know, obviously the simulator, the two by six or something like a, a three by three mile workout. That's something I get really keyed up for. Um, that is, that's something that's going to get us uh, really pumped up, like ready to race day. And so, but something like, a, I don't know, some of the workout we do early on is like a you know, a three by two at marathon pace. Like I'm just trying to feel as comfortable as I can on that. And that's not something I want to really get after. So I really want you to think about that too. Like what workouts, like what, what workouts do I look at on the schedule and I know like, dang, this is going to be hard. Those are the workouts I want you to put the most emphasis on, not the, not the simple stuff that you know you can do already. Um, and that will be a big help to you later on. Otherwise I feel like you just dig holes that you cannot get out of. All right. So hopefully that makes sense. There's a lot more in the training adaptation we can get into, but the big thing you need to know is like it takes 10 days really to, 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 experience the benefit of a workout that's in general so like you can say like neuromuscular stuff is very short naturally that it is so like if you do strides you can actually feel the effect of that stride within a couple days as far as coordination and things like that not actually anything physiological but that would be six weeks as well too but it just takes that four to six weeks for the body to kind of make those physiological changes you know on on a gene level on a hormone level you know, on a actual structural change level, as far as mitochondrial development, things like that, those, those things just take time. So really have yourself four to six weeks at a, at a stress level. And you know, you can adapt. And then the other things are that um, once you reach a new level, you have to know that you, you can realize, like, if I maintain my training, so now some of you didn't do anything after a fall marathon. And so that puts you back a little bit more than somebody who, you know, like, say you did a beginner plan, you're in, you know, you're running high mileage then, you took your your time off of the marathon and you're like, well, which would fit for a lot of people because then the holidays came and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to run 20 miles a week. I'm just trying to get through. But then you get into the marathon training again and you might be a little behind that. So those people, but that's why even with the Boston schedule, we can make it 18 weeks because whether we're either just trying to space things out or we're not trying to get you too much too soon so that it gives you time to build your fitness, that first four weeks is a good, block of time to just kind of gradually build up so so remember those things and then so ease of maintenance is the is big one too so once you get to that new level it's not going to take as much work we can we can do that and the other thing too with adaptation the adaptation isn't necessarily the work itself right it's how you recover from that work so if you're somebody who's super super busy and you don't treat your recovery as serious as you treat your workout you're actually going to have a harder time at adapt- that adapting to that workout, because let's say you're, you're limiting, maybe you're limiting the fuel, you're not getting the rest you need, you're not getting the vitamins and minerals you need, um, and you're not getting the hydration you need. So those are all factors in at adapting, because what you're doing is you're putting your body under duress, right? And then it triggers something. And to trigger that, if it doesn't have the components it needs to, let's say, build mitochondria, you're screwed, right? Oh, you did all that work, but it has nothing to build on from that as far as from a nutrition standpoint. So that's why it's not necessarily the workout itself. And you can have a million workouts underneath your belt, but if you never gave yourself enough fuel to recover or the rest to recover, then that, that adaptation is going to be harder to come by. So hopefully that makes, that makes sense to you. All right. So let's get into, um, some of these questions here. So let's start with uh, Eric is asking, I'm in the camp of camp, of concern about getting too fit too fast. Past three marathons, I trained with Hanson's beginner plan for Boston. I'm training with a plan that peaks at 75 miles a week, which is probably a big jump if you are did three with the beginner plan. So the past month I've been running 50-50 mile, which is basically what you peak out at the beginner plan. Um, it'll be continuing to increase over the next two months. I already feel that, well, yeah, because you're already running at what you were peaked at with the beginner plan. Um, So I'm a little concerned I'm going to peak too soon over train. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I wish you – I don't know if you talked to us, but hopefully you would have talked to us before because I would have definitely steered you into that beginner plan, um, which would have peaked out about 60 miles a week. So, yeah, you might have to scale some stuff back right now. Um, uh, Whether that's cutting out one of the workouts a week or just maybe even taking the 75 mile week plan out and putting the the 50-mile-a-week plan in, that might be your best option because then you're just scaling – the workouts back because you're already you're doing workouts that are pretty intensive and you're going to do a lot harder workouts so that's kind of what i would do i would, I would maybe get rid of the 75 mile week plan and put the 50 mile week plan in there and uh go from there because that'll scale you back um because yeah I, I agree that's that would definitely be a big concern for all those things uh i haven't been feeling continue yet so i don't know i mean personally i would i would still do that but um uh just to be safe with it because yeah, you're gonna ramp up about 15 miles a week from what you're used to with the beginner plan. And we're doing hard, we're gonna be doing harder workouts. So um, I would I would go on, I would strongly consider that. Uh, yes, uh, so Paige, I'm doing long runs on Saturdays, would like to you know the proper sprint. It depends. It honestly depends. Like, I know you emailed me this and this is what I was trying to get to the point was like, it doesn't matter. Um, Like if if it's Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, it doesn't matter. And it depends on each person. Like if you are, that's why I have a note in the PDF in the final surge on the Boston plans is like, if you are really tired, don't worry about switching the workout around to give you two days of recovery between the two SOS days. So instead of going Monday, uh, Wednesday, don't be afraid to go Monday Thursday. like I that's fine. Uh, you you need to recover as much as you need to put in hard work. Um, and and so yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, it can be one day if like if you're a younger person and you recover fat if you're a person that's 30 versus a person who's 50, the person who's 50 probably, it has to have an extra day to recover. Like I know I need an extra day to recover. So I would, you know, it, it definitely depends. Like if you are recovering off of one day, you you know, you go and work out easy day workout, that's fine. I don't, that's not a problem. But if you know you need that extra day, it's fine to go workout off day or easy day, easy day workout. So it's you. I mean, I, I, well, again, yeah, I felt like you were overthinking that a little bit. Like it, it's not. I didn't write the Bible, you know, it's 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 ideas. And so, um, you know, it doesn't have to, you know, it wasn't the 10 commandments or anything like that. So it, there's there's leeway here, like the book is, again, I go back to the idea where people are taking what is in the book for those schedules and trying to extrapolate that out to a, another specific schedule where the philosophy is the same, but we can make it more individualized. And that's, that's key right? where I think you have to look past the book a little bit, and listen to what I'm what I'm telling you as far as that. So if you feel like you need a day, take that extra day. You know, if you feel, you know, and this is where you get into the difference between cumulative fatigue and overtraining. Like if you start only giving yourself one day of recovery and all of a sudden your tempo runs are always suffering, that's your clue to give yourself one more day of recovery and do it You know, on Thursday or, you know, whatever, whatever it works out to be. And then, you know, you can bounce back into your long run, like, you know better than anybody what you need, unless you know, so that's how I would approach it. All right, so, um, so Keith, you're with Eric too. I'm in the Boston 75, I'm doing well so far. Last outside workout, hilly six miles at pace or effort uh, was actually faster than my initial goal marathon. It was a one mile loop, and I in the first four miles conservatively faster. And then, so, I mean, to me, it made to me I feel like you consciously picked it up where. Um, if you're worried about getting too fit too fast, that's one thing you don't want to do. You don't you know, like you don't need that campus kick. You can, you know, we're, we're we know you're going to be fit. You know, um, it felt comfortable and it was a good day. If my marathon pace effort faster than, if MP, well, it just be marathon effort is faster than goal marathon pace, will that change as training fatigue ramps? Yeah, probably, especially since um, that first four weeks was pretty softball. On, on for a lot of you so yeah that is going to that is going to feel harder and so my 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 advice to you would be is don't push it now like let it feel comfortable now let it feel easy now because mm-hmm. later on it's not going to and you don't want to dig that hole that you can't get out of you know like you can be a workout champ now but you want to be able to hit the workouts later too so just be careful if that is what i would what i would say all right, so Sean, I am lucky enough to live in, by a park and here in San Francisco with gentle rolling hills, depending on what direction you go. One side is downhill for two miles, one is uphill for two miles. Uphill section I do is three to five percent grade in my last workout marathon pace was seven plus seven oh five pace. Um, is that type of yeah. I mean, if that's what you have, that's what you have to use. You know, that's that's the bottom line on that, too. Is like if, if you can't control you can't control the train where you live, and so that's—I mean, that's fine. Three to five percent is fine. Um, you know, just yeah, as long as you're truly using marathon effort, um, yeah, that's that's fine. I, that makes sense to be about 15 seconds slower than than what uh, than what your goal is. So, um, so yeah, I think that's absolutely fine uh really in long run adjustments to the formula from the book 20 to 25 percent of weekly volume is yes um we are in that same ballpark um might creep up to about 30 percent but most literature is 25 to 30 percent um so because when you look at the um mar- just the marathon book itself it's not right at 25 percent. it's small percentage different but uh yeah we're pretty that's a factor I use all the time. Um, nutrition, meal planning, feel free to move this to next Q&A if not on today's talk. My situation is I can I can go running after work. Usually that's 7 to oh, 7.30. Workout, shower, take two hours, which means on my dinner at 10 and at 11.30 I'm heading to bed. Uh, you know where this is going, but what should I have for dinner and how should I space my meals during the day? That I'll talk about. That, uh, that's more of a nutrition, that's more of a nutrition talk. But I think, as far as you go, make sure. And I think this goes on to your next question, so I'll just move on to so that first part. Yeah, I would say that's a different that's a different topic because that's more general nutrition we can talk about. All right, so nutrition, uh, same thing. What's your take on supplements, especially um, protein shakes after hard? Yeah, I'm a, like so. Here's here's what I do, guys. Is I live roughly 45 minutes away from where the team trains every day. And so depending on what time I leave. So if I leave at 7 a.m, it's pretty wide open. If I leave at 7.15, it's traffic. So so it can take 30 minutes to an hour. Um, but And then my office is in Rochester Hills where I'm at right now. And so I essentially live out of my duffel bag for the day. Like I have to have everything packed. Um, and so, for me, it's not like I get done with a workout and I step back in and I'm in my kitchen and I can get whatever I want. So I have to I have to be diligent on what I pack. So I I do, like we use, uh, you know, my wife and I use uh, an isogenics product. It's, uh, I use the Isopro, which is like 36 grams of protein, but it's also a bunch of carbohydrates. And it's also 23, uh, I think 23 vitamins and minerals, um, especially trace minerals, which we don't get anything in our food anymore. Um, so that's what I do. And that's my, that's my first step after, a, after a really hard workout, after an easy day run, it probably not as big a deal, but after a hard workout, absolutely. I will do that. Um, so I'm a bit, I'm with you. I'm a big believer on, on that because that's, that's what I know I can take right away. It's going to jumpstart my recovery. I don't have time to get a real meal and I don't want to eat crap. So that's, that's what I use for, for, um, to make sure my recovery is on the right path. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, and exactly. When you want that recovery um, after a hard workout, and you're already late at night, you've probably been a while without out a meal. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a bit. I'm I'm totally 100% with you on that one. Um, can you include long runs on getting too fit too soon? Uh, it looks like this weekend we'll have an 18 mileer. It, ain't it too long? No, it's not. It's not too long. No, I know. I understand you guys are asking all these questions, but like. Um, yeah, I it's it's uh it's eighteen mile. Like if you're running a seventy five mile week plan, you should be able to handle eighteen mile. It's not a, that's not an overreach right now. Like my first long run my first long run will probably be twenty. And I, I won't have done anything over, you know, twelve or fourteen in my so no, I – no, I that's so as much as I agree with you on the last one, I disagree with you on this one. All right. So um, I would love to know more about faster trading blocks between Marathon comp- Compact can impact adapt adaptability, adapt, oh my gosh, I can't talk, guys, I'm sorry, uh, can impact adaptability, Adapt. oh my, oh my, start over, Humphrey, can adapt adaptability for marathon training. I'm just finishing a half plan and jumping into Boston. My head is full of what seems like crazy ambitious goals. Well, I guess I'm not 100% following you on there, you're drifting kind of like how oh, I drift on some of my thoughts a little bit. Um, let me make sure I'm focusing. So let's, let's tackle the first part. Okay. I'd love to know more about faster training blocks between marathons can impact. That. Okay. So yeah, absolutely. So like, you know, with the marathon plan, if, if you follow what I tell you, we're never going faster than really 10 K pace in a marathon, um, segment. So we're really, depending on the person or well either way, we're really more just above lactate threshold we're not at that true quote-unquote speed pace uh, but that's by design because if we go too fast that's just that's too much stress on the body especially that early in the marathon segment so let's say you completed that marathon segment you go into well for a half marathon segment you can do you're getting into something that's probably a little bit faster um, so you've already done a lot of stuff that lactate threshold which i think you're asking about now but yeah so you've already got like a big that strength component what would traditionally be that strength component in. And so now 12 weeks out, you're ready to go. So, I mean, you've already done a, a few, few things like you did So you especially don't need, you don't need to go back and revisit all the stuff you just did in the half. You can, you can essentially just go into the marathon specific part of a schedule and be okay. Cause you've already done all that work before. That's just not going to go away. Whatever level you're at from that half marathon plan, it's not going to, it's not going to go away. It's not going to be completely there if you took your downtime, but it's not going to be completely away either. So no, yeah, you're, you're going to be okay. Um, it's just a matter. We don't need to, we, when you go into that marathon part of the, you know, transition from the half marathon to the marathon, you don't need to go back and revisit, do speed work every week. You know, if you do one or two during that last three months, you'll be fine. Um, you can just put all your focus on, on the marathon. And sometimes that's good for people, especially if you were in a rut where like, I just did marathon, marathon, marathon. I didn't do anything beyond that. You change gears and do something where you put a completely different focus on it and then come back. That sometimes is a jump start to your fitness as well. So no, I think you'll, I think you'll be okay. Uh, To do Kathleen uh, Camp, any updates on summer? Yeah, sign up, sign up. Uh, Go to HansonsCoachingServices.com, click the camp. Sign up. Uh, reservations are waiting at the hotel. You just got to call them. No, we're ready to roll. We're just waiting for people to sign up. Um, yeah, all the dates are on there too. So yeah, everything you need to know right on there. So uh, hansescoachingservices dot Um John, first no first marathon was last November. I had been running about three and a half years now. I've used um, oh. I'm assuming that's Fitzinger's. 18, 50, okay, so 18 weeks, 55 miles a week, and felt some fatigue, but it was never daunting. I did the recovery schedule and spent the rest of the time leading up to the start of this intermediate 50 to 70-week plan, building up to a base of 45 to 50. I'm slower than most of this mileage, but I find I recover well, and the mileage isn't bad. Okay. So last marathon, I was able to run at goal pace until 24 and 25, and I found my legs again, got back at pace. Is this intermediate plan a good fit? Uh, Well, I mean, if you, yeah, I mean, it is a 12 week plan. I feel like I lost too much fitness, but I didn't PR any other races during or after marathon. So I guess I'm not quite sure what you're asking John. I mean, I I feel like it's a good fit. I feel like if you're got your base up to 50 miles a week, then yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on one, what you're going to be training for as far as a time, um, and if you haven't lost any fitness, yeah, I, I feel like you're gonna you're gonna be fine. Um, I'm not sure that you didn't PR any other with my. I don't know. I don't. Know, I guess I'm not sure. Are you asking with my? Pl- I'm not my plan or what. I mean, if it's 12 week plan, my dedication is getting you to the marathon, not other other races. So I don't know. Maybe send me a message. Um, or post it on the message board or send me an email or something. Cause I'm not quite sure I'm following you on what you're asking on that. Um, uh, Sean, uh, I know there have been some questions about Hillary repeats away. Interpret my schedule 12 by three hard up and downhill with two minute recoveries. Go uphill hard for three minutes. Correct. Jog for two minutes. Correct. Go back downhill hard for three minutes. Correct. Jog two minutes and repeat. Correct. No, do not repeat 12 times. Repeat. So you're basically up six times and down six times hard. That's the only, that's the only way place you're off. Um, so yeah, you're doing too much. <laughs> so yeah, no, I that, to, yeah yeah that, that I think that's why people are getting a lot of the extra mileage too is no it should be three up or I'm sorry three up three down um, constitute each each time you go up each time you go down is is a hill so it'd be six up six down. Uh, and Kathleen, sorry, uh, more specifically, I ran 325 in September. I've trained to run a 132 next weekend if successful. That would imply I could do 310 to 15, which would be like a big jump. Yeah, I think it could be doable, but I think if you're concerned about it, set your PR or set your goal at 320. Um, but I feel like wasn't it eerie warm? I feel like you was very warm this past year, too. So 3.15, 3.15, I mean, you might've been able to run 3.20 here anyway. So I would say, so I would say if you're, if you're cautious, go 3.20 and you can still run, you can still run faster than 3.20 by being a little bit under trained on it. Then um, if you were to over train and try to run 3, 3.10, like I think 3.10 might be too big of a jump. So I would say maybe between 3.15 and 3.20 is where you'd want to set, set your goal. So that's kind of where I would, where I would put it, and now put you—you'll—you'll you'll feel comfortable. You'll feel confident that you can do that. Um, I think you know. Then next time, go after that three at three ten. So, um, I think that's where, I think that's where you want to be at. Um, um, Sean sign up in two, oh two weeks. Where I would basically. Well, basically, I would combine it as your tempo and your long run for the week. So instead of doing a tempo run or some marathon pace workout that week, um, I would just make that an easy day. Don't really cut your mileage back at all. Run, do like a three mile warm up, do the workout, three mile cool down. And that puts you what, 18 miles um, total for the day. So you get kill both, kill two birds with one stone. That's how I I do it. And then make sure you. And then the only thing I would say on the other end of that though, is if you have to take, if you have to move things back the next week. So like, let's say you do a workout, you're supposed to do a workout. You race, let's say you race Sunday and you're supposed to do a workout Tuesday. Don't hesitate to move that to Wednesday and kind of shift everything over by a day. um, And then uh, see how that works out for you. So that's the only thing I would say. So good. No, I think that's excellent. Um, Let me look at, there is, there is a question. So this is from the Run Club message board. When I do any of my, so this is from Linda. This is the only one I really saw that needed attention. So when I do any of my SOS workouts, I usually run the hills of effort, which means my pace is slower, right? So for example, Monday I did the six by 800 to MP minus 20. So she's doing the marathon the marathon plan on the hillier sections. And my effort was good, but my pace was slow. And then the downhill sections, my pace was a little fast, but with the same effort. Right. That's exactly what will happen. That's when I say, like, do a tempo run on a hilly terrain. Like, this, that workout, I didn't really specify that I wanted on hilly terrain. I just wanted it MP minus 20 to control the speed. So you kind of made it harder than you needed to, but that's okay. Whatever. Um, but when you see, like, do your tempo run on a hilly terrain, it's exactly what I'm talking about. You're going to see paces that are fast, you're going to see paces that are slow. So I want you to focus on the effort and see what the pace is overall. So don't put your emphasis on one mile, put your emphasis on, okay, can I run the effort? I'm going to have miles that are fast, miles that are slow. How close do I get to overall marathon pace at the end of the temple? That's, that's exact, so that's exactly what I'm talking about when I give that to you. So my question is, is it, since it's early in the program, should I be running the hills at effort with a slower pace? Not, it, well, yeah, when I designate a hillier workout, like a temple run on a hillier terrain. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's exactly what I'm talking about. So hopefully that answers you on there, Linda. Um, and then Linda signal, Linda S.S. Uh, that is why Hill Business. Don't try, you're, again, you guys are putting too much stress on yourself over this. I, it's all about Effort. I just want you to put effort. So I, I don't want you to focus on the pace because what you're going to do is you're going to focus on a pace that's not realistic, and it's going to be too hard, and then you're going to get then you're going to be distressed about that too. So, so if you're running easy, comfortable, yeah. So I don't know. I I don't know what to tell you, Linda, on that. Like I I don't know what you're so what are you going to do when you get to Boston and you're downhill? And I'm saying go by effort, but then you're not. You're like, oh, I'm 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 faster than pace. I'm okay. I'm okay. No, no. I want you to know what that effort feels like so you can slow down or you can speed up. Like I want you to know what, you know, there's, that's part of training is learning these things. So you have to, you have to forget about the specific pace sometimes. So I don't know. I'm I'm being, trying to be as nice as I can here, but you've got to, you've got to trust on this. You have to trust me. You know, you have to put some trust that I've done this before and I know what I'm talking about. Okay. So you guys got to believe me on that. Um, and then Marcella actually, Marcella actually makes a great point on to follow that up. So sometimes, right? So no, I think that no, I, you've got to you've got to learn that pace. So like, you, it, yeah, it's gonna don't you can't freak out about it. You can't worry if you, you know, quote unquote, don't hit a workout. Like that's part of the learning process, guys. It's part of it. So that's that's making the transition from just being a hobby jogger to somebody who trains and works out and is getting like learning those things. That's, it's racing. So learning those skills that's, that's where you want to be. And that's my whole goal. What's getting you there. So if you want to follow that advice, I would encourage you to, but if not, that's up to you that I'm not, but I'm not going to change what I know works. So, um, that's just, that's just going to be where I stand on that as a coach. Um, That's my philosophy and that's, that's firm. Um, So, but that was the last thing I saw on there on the message board. So great questions, guys. I've really appreciated this. It was a great to fill an hour, especially the second half of it with your, with your questions. So some great stuff on there and um, uh, I will talk to you later. I'm not sure where I'm going to go next on this. Maybe we'll do a nutrition talk. It might be a good time for a nutrition talk. Um, next time around and go over some stuff with you. So, all right. So thanks again for watching. Good luck. Have a good weekend and don't stress out. Be cool.